Uh, we'll read tonight verse 10 through 12. And the thought is, blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are the persecuted. <clears throat> Matthew 5, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight as we look at some thoughts here from the Lord Jesus. And, and I pray that you'd help us in these beatitudes that we've looked at. And I pray that they would become us and that we would be more like Christ. And Lord, I know that the more that we are like Him and reflection of Him in our heart and our life, that we are more blessed. We're blessed by the very fact that we're being like that. We're blessed by the very fact that we're becoming more like Christ. That's a blessing in itself. But Lord, there's also Your joy that You give us whenever we are like Christ. And we see that tonight in suffering and and receiving persecution for righteousness' sake, when we respond well, Lord, it's a, it's a blessing. It's something you've told us to be exceedingly glad and rejoice in. Help us to understand that better and to not, uh, Lord, wallow in self-pity whenever uh, we receive snide looks or remarks because we're a Christian. Help us not to be ashamed of you, but to gladly bear the reproaches of Christ. In Jesus' name, and amen. If you really think about it, you'd have to admit that we must live in a very wicked world that would ever seek to persecute those who follow after righteousness. That word persecute speaks of just simply seeking to pursue in a manner so as to maybe injure, vex, or afflict. I think we often just think about persecution in regards to physical assault or something like that, but the word doesn't limit it, limit it to that. Uh, it can be reviling, in other words, people making fun of you, casting words of defilement at you. Um, it, it's maybe a milder form, you know, than being beaten. Uh, of course it is, but it still hurts, and it's still persecution, I think, in the eyes of Jesus. Because um, he said, blessed are the persecuted for righteousness' sake. Then he says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And so, revile and persecute. And so he, he lumps them together. And so you can be reviled, you can be made fun of, you can be, and those kind of things, and mocked. And we, can, we do actually experience that as Christians. I think Christians have always experienced that. And, um, and I think that we experience that more and more, of course, as our culture gets away from Christ. But really, why would any seek to persecute those who are seeking to follow after the Beatitudes uh, that are set forth from Jesus? I mean, Jesus and the Beatitudes just talked about being poor in spirit and and those who mourn, and the meek, and those who hunger for righteousness, and the merciful, and the pure in heart, and the peacemakers. I mean, who would hurt people like that? Think about that. 
But that's exactly who Jesus Christ was, and they killed Him. That just really goes to show the depravity of our world and the depravity of, of, of our culture, that our culture would be against people of that nature. The attitudes of the world are in complete contrast to, the, to that of the attitudes that should be that of us as a people of God. It's total opposite. It's polar opposites. The world is the opposite of that of being meek, but is proud. It is the opposite of merciful, but is vengeful. The world does not love purity, but iniquity. The world does not promote peace, but rather violence. Jesus was perfect in every way, righteous in every way, and was rejected while here on the earth, and is still rejected today. You can ask people today if they love Jesus, they would tell you no. You say, well, why? Why don't you love Him? Why, why wouldn't you esteem Him? Why wouldn't you like Him? They can't give a, a good answer. We as followers of His can only expect the same as we seek to be like Him. This shouldn't be a surprise to us. Jesus said in John 15, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Listen, if you're a person the world loves, you need, you need, to, you need to really question about where you stand at with Christ. We shouldn't be trying to get the world to hate us. That's not what I'm talking about. But if the world just is, is crazy about somebody, we really got to wonder about that. He says, Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hate you. He says, I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. He's chosen us out of the world, to be different from the world, to be separate from the world. So when the Word of God talks about the world, it's talking about the world's way of thinking. When I say worldly thinking, the general tenor of the way the world thinks. Now, first of all, we should expect persecution to come at us in all various forms as we follow Jesus and become more like Him. Because the world hates Jesus. And that's what Jesus is telling us. He says, the word, if the world hates you, you know it hated me first. The more you become like Jesus, I promise you, the more the world is going to hate you. He, Jesus said the world, He actually said the world cannot hate you, but it hates me. In John 7, 7, because I testify of it that its works are evil. Jesus is just saying, the world isn't really hating you, it's hating me. It's kind of like uh, when the, the children of Israel were rejecting Moses, and, and the Lord said, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. It's the same thing. The world rejects us, it hates us, but in all reality, it's not us. It's Jesus. You know, many times do we hear that as Christians, we should not tell people that others are sinning or doing evil. But yet Jesus Christ Himself said, they hate me because I testify that the works are evil. How much admiration, how much respect, how much love is a Christian going to receive from this world when they look at, a, at sin and say, that is evil. That is evil. As if we're going to be like Jesus, we're told, and all we need to do is just love people. However, the truth of the matter is if we are going to be like Jesus, then we need to testify of what is evil because that's what He said He would do. 
Jesus sat with sinners, some would say. But at the same time, he also called those sinners to repentance. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He didn't comfort them in their sin or condone their sin in any way. These were people who wanted to turn from sin. As a, so well, how do you know that? Because they were coming to Jesus. If you're going to come to Jesus, you've got to turn from sin. Those who reject Jesus, who hang on to their sin, would be very upset. Would be very upset that you have called what they are doing a sin. When we walk with Jesus, when we walk like Jesus, when we talk like Jesus, then those who do not like Jesus will not like us because they don't like Jesus. People want to make a different Jesus today. People don't want to think that they don't like Jesus. They don't want to think that. Most people don't. So they've got to change who Jesus is. And even people who are non-Christians say, well, Jesus would not judge. Jesus would not do this. And they don't know their Bible, the Bible at all. Because some people just don't want to be seen as a person who's against Jesus. So they've got to change their image or thought of who Jesus is in order to make you look bad, to make them look like you're really not like Jesus. We're not to purposely, of course, try to get people who are lost and reject Jesus to hate us by using, you know, hateful rhetoric. I'm not talking about that. You know that. But when we are good, when we are good as Jesus is good, when we promote good and righteousness and mercy and purity and speak of Christ, the world will not like it because that exposes their darkness. And that's what Jesus taught us. In John chapter 3 and verse 19 through 21, it says, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come unto the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. You have to remember what Jesus said, everyone practicing evil hates the light. When you see sinners coming to Jesus in the, New, in the New Testament, listen, they are not practicing their evil or they wouldn't be coming to Jesus. They're turning from it. Anyhow, everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen. In other words, the person who's coming to Christ, they want the, their heart exposed. They want the darkness exposed. Why? Because they want to turn from it. Lord, reveal in me those things that, that, that are unholy and ungodly. And so we come to Christ to have him, His light expose that. That's repentance. Because we want to turn from it. But why would anyone hate others who are seeking after righteousness? It doesn't make sense, does it? What well, does if you understand the words of Christ when He says because they hate the light they, and they love evil? It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of what's in here about people's affections and desires. So we, we don't need more laws in our country so as to make people do right. That will never work. It won't work. It's a band-aid. 
We need hearts to change so that people want to do right and no longer love evil. I'm not against passing good laws. I'm all for that. I'm just saying that's a band-aid. And that band-aid will come off and there'll still be bad underneath it until people's hearts are changed. Lost people who are still in love with their sin do not like it when their evil is exposed by those who love righteousness. Folks, you don't have to go out there and pick a fight. (laughs) You just have to do what's right and good and be like Jesus. The world is not going to like it. We as followers of Jesus should not try to be persecuted. But we should also not be surprised by it either. Paul told Timothy, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But, then he says, But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, God's people are going to become more like Christ and the world is just going to get worse. And because they're in total contrast, there's going to be a battle there. Folks, we can't get along with the world. And Christianity too long has just tried to befriend the world. It doesn't happen. It cannot happen. And you stand where you need to stand. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a friendly person. I'm not saying you shouldn't even be a nice person. But most certainly you should be a good person like Christ. Secondly, let us make sure that any persecution we endure is because of righteousness' sake. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and also because they are identifying with the name of Jesus Christ. Because he says in verse 11, they they say evil against you falsely for my sake. In other words, he's making it clear they're attacking you because of me. But let their accusations be false. He said, they say falsely against you. So Jesus is talking about suffering for righteousness' sake and for His sake. I turn to one passage. We'll turn to 1 Peter 4. Peter talks a lot about you know, suffering. 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it's strange. So don't be surprised. It's not a strange thing. It's not a new thing. So, boy, well, persecution is really happening today. Yeah, but it's, it's always been there. Go back to Cain and Abel. <laughs> it's been around for quite a while. Do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. <laughs> what? Jesus said, blessed, right? Peter says, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Yeehaw, I'm suffering like Jesus suffered. That when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So He's saying, you suffer now, rejoice now. But I'm telling you, rejoice now that you're suffering now for Jesus' sake. But when Jesus Christ comes back and reveals His glory, you're going to rejoice even more that you rejoiced in your suffering. Here and now. There's coming a day when we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to be exceedingly joyful that we suffered for His namesake. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, there it is again, blessed are you. 
For the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. There's a special presence there when the child of God is being persecuted for righteousness' sake. On their part, He is blasphemed, but on your part, He is glorified. Then He says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God in this matter. In other words, give God glory that you were able to suffer for His namesake. In Matthew 5.11, Jesus said that the evil spoken against us is to be false. So in other words, do not live in such a way as to give the enemy good ammunition to cast things at you. Paul teaches us in Titus, Uh, that we are to have sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of a contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. In other words, don't give them any good grounds to say anything evil. Any evil they say about you, it should be false. Christian. Suffer as a Christian. What is Christian? It is a person who is like Christ. So if we suffer, let it be because we're being like Jesus. Thirdly, Jesus calls us blessed when we are persecuted for righteousness' sake and for His sake. Blessed. I think there are several ways in which we are blessed. First, we are blessed here and now when we suffer for Jesus. We're blessed here and now when we suffer for Jesus. We should actually rejoice that we are able to suffer for His name's sake. It's a blessing to suffer for Jesus' sake. You know, all the time we say, well, they're so blessed. And what do we mean by that? Have we ever seen somebody suffer for Jesus and say, man, they're so blessed? That's what Jesus says. They are so blessed. They got to suffer for Jesus. Hmm. It would kind of changes how we see things, doesn't it? <laughs> if we look at suffering for Jesus as a blessing, maybe we wouldn't be ashamed so much to identify with Christ. What a blessing to suffer for Jesus. Peter said to rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. In other words, you are coming closer to identify with the sufferings of Christ when you suffer for His namesake. You learn a little bit more about who Jesus is and, and what He went through, how he, was, how he was sought after and killed and persecuted for being good. After Peter and other apostles were beaten and commanded to not speak in the name of Jesus and then the council let them go, they departed from the presence of that ungodly council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Folks, I don't think we're seeing, I don't think we're thinking like this. Too many times we, we do everything we can to keep from any kind of persecution. No, we're, we're not in our country being beaten because we're identified with Christ. I think some have been. It's happening some. But we're not even willing to tolerate a snide look, much less vile words sometimes. 
I mean, you talk to somebody about Jesus and they look at you funny. So what? <laughs> I think that is a form of persecution. I really do. Um, but what a blessing. And that's how we should see it. Our goal, again, should not be to try to get others to make us suffer, right? But we should also not back down from righteousness to avoid suffering. Okay? Stand for righteousness. And if you suffer for it, that's fine. But if you see, you know, persecution coming, you see people making fun of you or whatever, still stand for what's right. Vodi Bachman stated, Suffering is common for all. However, persecution, which is a form of suffering, can be avoided. All you have to do is compromise. So let us with humility and a sincere love for purity, a love for righteousness, a love for the name of Christ and who He is. Let us proclaim the gospel of truth. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not only a hunger and thirst for righteousness within ourselves, but a hunger and thirst for righteousness for the people that we care about. He said, earlier, there was a, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's a hunger and thirst for righteousness we need to have within ourselves, but I think there should also be a hunger and thirst for righteousness that we want for others, and that's why we want to tell them what's right and what's good and what's godly and what's acceptable to the Lord. Standing for righteousness brings hateful comments, snide looks, rejection, loss of job, whatever loss we may incur, uh, let us see it as an honor to suffer in any manner for our Jesus and for His namesake. And when we rejoice in persecution and respond the right way, when the world hates us, there's another blessing that we receive that can possibly happen. We can be blessed here and now by sometimes getting to see the Lord use our testimony and our response to persecution to affect other people. Maybe even the one doing the persecuting when we respond in a Christ-like manner. Or others may witness it. Listen, we could read testimony after testimony of people who were affected by watching Christians being persecuted. So that's a blessing in itself that God can use your persecution to reach somebody for Him. That's a blessing. Secondly, we are blessed not only here and now, but we are blessed in the hereafter according to the words of Jesus. There's a rejoicing and a joy we can have now, but Jesus talks about a joy later as well. He says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, for great is your reward, what? In heaven. There are rewards for the children of God. And one of those rewards will be from being persecuted for righteousness sake, for the namesake of Christ. There are rewards in heaven for the people of God who suffer for the namesake of Christ and for righteousness. I'm not even certain what all that reward will be. So where's crowns? But, but what all does that involve? We, the Bible's really vague on that. I mean, there's a, a little bit in there, but there's not a lot of detail. But there are rewards. 
Great is your reward in heaven. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The afflictions we endure because we are Christ followers, or the things we, we may lose because we are serving Jesus in this life, will work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. There are treasures the Bible speaks of, right? That can be laid up in heaven. There's treasures you can lay up in heaven as we seek to value the things of Christ more than the things of this earth, the things of this earth that will rot and fade away, but those things last forever. So rejoice and be exceedingly glad right now because great, he says, great is your reward in heaven. Great. So we must value the eternal rewards of heaven and the approval of our Savior more than we fear the disapproval of this world. We've got to value that more. What a blessing to one day stand before our Savior and be rewarded in any way, whatever it may be, for suffering faithfully while walking in righteousness for His name's sake. I don't care what the reward is. The fact that Jesus is going to reward it, it's not the reward I'm interested in. It is the, the approval of my Savior. I don't know how to say this guy's name, but he said something really good. <laughs> His name is Bud Zisawiski. I'd change my name if I was going to be a writer. Maybe that is his writer's name. He didn't do very good choosing it. Um, he said this, Violent persecution focuses the mind on the fact that the kingdom of this world is an enemy to the kingdom of God. When there hasn't been any persecution for a long time, as in our part of the world, many Christians start expecting the world to be a friend. They slip into seeking the world's approval instead of God's. I don't want the world's approval. I'm not interested in fitting in. I'm not interested in compromising and going that direction a little bit so as to be accepted. And if you think that doing that is somehow going to, to win them to Christ, you're wrong. You're so wrong. Christians have been trying that a long time, and it is not working. The only thing it's doing is it's making the church a little bit more like the world. What an honor to be rewarded by our Lord in Luke 6, the words of Jesus are recorded as such. Blessed are you when men hate you. <laughs> Blessed are you when men hate you. I'm, I'm so blessed today, David. You know why? Men hate me. <laughs> we don't think like that. Again, we're not trying to get people to hate us, but when we understand what Jesus says here, we're not going to put so much esteem upon the love of men, upon getting people to love us, getting people to like us, because Jesus says, blessed are men when they hate you. And when they exclude you 
And when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake, rejoice in that day. So the day that it happens, that they, hey, they are excluding you for the name of Jesus, rejoice in that day. Then he says, and leap for joy. That's Luke 6. Leap for joy. Jesus says, jump up and down and be happy when men hate you and exclude you and revile you and, and don't want to be around you because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. They exclude you. Rejoice. Leap for joy. Because He says this, For indeed, your reward is great in heaven. We don't think about that too much. Rewards in heaven. And maybe it's because we think it's... a self-righteousness to think about that. Who are we to get rewards in heaven? Listen, we're going to heaven simply because of the work of Jesus Christ, okay? That is it. But there are rewards for God's people that have been bought with the precious blood of Christ. We do so much to obtain possessions here that fade away so quickly. What do we do to lay up treasures in heaven. Leap for joy if you have suffered for Jesus' sake. For indeed your reward is great. Listen, you are not going to heaven because you suffered for the name of Jesus. There will actually be some who try to identify with just the name of Jesus and may have suffered for that, but they didn't know Jesus. They're not still going to heaven. But as a child of God, going to heaven already, your reward in heaven is great. The reward is not heaven itself. The reward is in heaven. The reward will come with a show of God's approval. Whatever it is, it's going to be good. So fourthly and lastly, remember whose kingdom you are in because that will help you to suffer the right way. He said rejoice for theirs. They should rejoice for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have to be heavenly minded in that respect. Jesus said that ours is the kingdom of heaven. It is already yours. It is yours. Remembering that this world is not our home can indeed help us to endure and suffer for His name's sake. Sometimes as Christians, we are just way too invested in this life and therefore we cannot bear to lose anything. We must live by faith in the kingdom of God that is coming and not live by sight for the kingdom of this world. So may the Lord help us to see that the greatest blessings in this life is not the approval, acceptance, and praise of this world, but rather serve, serving Jesus and suffering for His namesake is a great blessing and honor, one that will come with eternal rewards. Let's pray. Father, help us to follow You no matter what, to be like Jesus and... To, to these beatitudes that we've looked at over several weeks, Lord, that they would become us and that we would become like Christ. And Lord, I know that when we become more like Jesus, there will be more persecution. There will be more snide remarks. There will be more snide looks for us. There will be more excluding of us where people just don't want to include us in, in things. And we feel rejection. You've told us to rejoice and be exceedingly glad and to leap for joy when this happens to us because there's a reward in heaven for that. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful and true to you and not to labor for the praises of men, but for the praise of God. 
In Jesus' name, amen.